Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Hello, and welcome to Your Booked. I'm Daisy Buchanan, your friendly neighbourhood book inspector, and I'm here to investigate some of our favourite writers and readers for spine-chilling crimes against literature, or rather, spine-bending crimes against literature. I want to find out about the classics they claim to have read when they've only seen the movie, the unpaid library fines they've stacked up, and the scandalous stories they like to read when they don't think anyone is watching. This week we have two partners in crime, the writers Robin Wilder and Stuart Heritage. Husband and wife, we spoke to Robin and Stuart over a fairly tipsy lunch in Ashford. I don't normally drink on the job, but I had to do it in order to get some secrets out of them. And we also spent some time with their charming children, Herbie and Ned. Stuart's book, Don't Be a Dick, Pete, was out last year. Um, It's phenomenally funny. It's really, really warm and moving. I really, really enjoyed it and I kept cackling and then ultimately stopping and bursting into tears. Robin writes a really beautiful column about motherhood for the website The Pool. Robin is one of the funniest writers I know, but also writes with great poignancy and warmth. Together they record a parenting podcast, The Naughty Step, which is about their abilities as parents and their inabilities too. And had a really lovely time rummaging through their bookshelves. It was very good fun. Sorry about the sound in this episode. It's not the best. We were recording in their kitchen and it is quite echoey. However, hopefully you'll get used to it pretty soon and your ears will adjust. Here's what I discovered about their reading habits. And there were some seriously exciting, scandalous discoveries on those shelves. I'm here today with the writing super power couple, Robin Wilder and Stuart Heritage, and baby Ned. I'm the book inspector, and I've been having a snoop through Robin and Stuart's bookshelves and trying to find incriminating items. So, I see here a book about Seoul and a book about the Trans-Siberian Railway. Stuart, are you planning on leaving the country? And why is that? What are you escaping? They're old. What are you running from? I wish I could escape the fucking country. Um, these are books that I bought... Uh, 15 years ago I, the Seoul one is because I went to live in Seoul 
And the Trans-Siberian Express one is because I briefly entertained the mad notion that instead of flying back from Seoul, I would get the train. Did you get the train? No. I'm kind of glad because the very first chapter in that, the author just lists all the time he was ever mugged on the train. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, it sounds, it sounds sort of hellish, but I really, I like long railway journeys. And one day I will. So since, um, I know that you lived in Seoul because I've read your very excellent book, Don't Be a Dick Peach, um, where this period of your life is detailed. It's right that you were teaching English. Yes, yeah, to uh, kindergarten. Uh, Did you teach them any any bad expressions or? I once asked them about their favourite films, and a lot of them, one of them really liked Anaconda, and so I had to try and explain to the other children what Anaconda was. And that morning on I think the Arm Network channel, they just showed uh, Piranha Two, which is like Jaws but with piranhas. And I I got too far into the anecdote, and I had to explain <laughs> what piranhas were and sort of how they attacked people to. A, a, I wasn't a good teacher. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't great. Um, How would you describe a piranha to a young I drew a picture. Child. I had to draw a picture of a fish with lots of teeth. Hardest thing I ever had to describe in English uh, to children was warehouse. The concept of a warehouse is it a very difficult thing to describe. How did that come up? I think it was in a book. It was warehouse. And I was trying to explain what it was. And I was just drawing pictures of a big room. <laughs> and it, I got so... I, I spent 20 minutes on it. And I just it got worse and worse and worse. And in the end, I just went outside, got a Korean and said, what's warehouse? And they said the word warehouse in Korean. And everyone went, oh. <laughs> and I just I thought, I've wasted half of your lesson. Your very expensive <laughs> private English tuition. Working out where things are still where yeah, yeah, just where Amazon the... comes from. <laughs> Essentially. Now I found a um, controversial title on your bookshelf. Um, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone with I believe an adult cover. It's uh, it's really stylish actually. I don't think I'd properly had a good look at these, but it is um as a lovely black and white picture of a steam train. And I think this is is this a version they did so you could read Harry Potter on your commute, you'd be like, yeah, and what? <laughs> this is fine. I think so. I actually think somebody bought, bought it for me, so I may have been... Uh... How convenient. Yes, but I have all the others. They're all upstairs with their very childish covers. But I went through a period when I, I had glandular fever when I was 23, which was 500 years ago, <laughs> um, And... I was, I was ill altogether for a period of 18 months and I'd sworn that I wouldn't read the Harry Potters. But two things made me read it. One, I was, this was before the age of Amazon, so I was restricted to these books or all of my mother's Agatha Christie novels and Dick Francis novels in the house. And two, they were filming the first Harry Potter movie in the town that I lived in, which was Bracknell. The town was a buzz with this news and there was, there was all this talk about the secret codes that they used so I and a few of my friends went on a mission to find these secret codes. And it turns out the secret codes were just, just road signs that said HP1. <laughs> <laughs> and so needless to say, I was, uh, I was hooked. But yeah, I love all the Harry Potter books. Why is it so thin? Isn't, isn't the theory that they were all written for the age that Harry Potter was at the time? So Harry Potter was 11. Oh, when is that he goes, Yeah, when he goes I've to... I've never heard that. Uh, Hogwarts, because it's first year seniors. And then they get thicker and uh, slightly more dark, because obviously as you get older, you get thicker and slightly more dark. So the final <laughs> one is when... <laughs> that was a really good joke. <laughs> That's something you're both uh, journalists and writers, and um, 
What has been your best ever freebie? I got a Hoover. Ooh, really? That was good. I got a Dyson. That Dyson is better than a Hoover. Dysons are really expensive. Oh yeah, no, sorry, a vacuum cleaner. Initially, they offered me an Airblade. For, for my office but because I work at home I was like if you come I'll have to attach this to my bathroom wall and they went I'll oh, just give you a vacuum cleaner instead what they were going to send oh, you a yeah. Dyson Airblade yeah. hand dryer yeah just because I said literally on a website that I ran that didn't have much traffic I just said Airblades are nice <laughs> and the PR people found me and were like here have this we've got a holiday to uh, Butlins in, oh, in the hotel yeah. we've got a hotel suite at Butlins Purely in- because I tweeted they had a new advert and I literally tweeted I like this advert <laughs> and they went come please come for a week and it was it was hellish it was but it, it was really bad but <laughs> it was free well, you're not going to be getting any more yeah. free <laughs> we, I think we literally the, the revelation of the weekend was that there was a Papa John's restaurant yeah a sit down Papa John's restaurant what? can you imagine such Did a thing they- Things that weren't pizza in no. the restaurant. No, it was just but it was they pizza. They put the pizza on little pizza like thrones. I like a trivet. Yeah. Is that what? Yeah, you're yeah, yeah. Like a big tr- pizza trivet. Um, we were, we were very taken with it all. What pizza did you have? I have no idea. It was, it was good though, wasn't it? Was it? And then we were like, hey, they're doing karaoke in the pub. Let's go. And I think you thought that there were going to be private karaoke beats, uh-huh. like, <laughs> like in we... London. And it was just a guy screaming like Sweet Caroline with blood I, coming out of his eyes. I've never been to a more well lit pub. It was like they were filming in there. Imagine being around, around the people who go to an 80s weekend at Butlins. Oh, it was in, an 80s weekend? Yes. They, they gave us the choice of 80s out. or 60s. And 60s, apparently, I asked one of the guys who worked there, 60s is where it all kicks off. Oh. Yeah, the 60s the are the very the violent ones. The 80s wow. are quite sedate. I went, on an, I went on an air rifle course, which was in a porter cabin. And they just... They just Literally, we were the only people all weekend who wanted to do it, so they just slid some tables and chairs to the side <laughs> of the room and let me fire air guns. It was amazing. Um, I found on your bookshelf some sexy, sexy books. Oh. Here we have um, Belle de Jour, The Intimate Adventures of a London Cool Girl. Belle de Jour is actually a friend of mine. So had you read this before you knew her? Or? Uh, no, I knew her before she wrote them, and then I, she wrote them, and I was like, hey, I wonder where Brooke's gone. I haven't heard a lot from her, but I like these books, and it just didn't occur to me for ages. Even she started sending me free books, and she dedicated one to me. Oh wow! Did she? Yeah. Which, which one? Playing the game, uh, which is I have somewhere. I did see that on the shelf as well. It's it's so in the study. It down. Yeah, she dedicated it to me because I was nice to her. Oh, I wasn't, really? I wasn't even a writer at the time. Look at this. Yeah. Dedicated to Charlotte Ballinger, BR, Curly B, and Robin Wilder. Yeah. Wow! What a big shot. Do you have uh, any sexy books? No. <laughs> I don't have any sexy anything. I get weird at sex scenes. I can't imagine how you would write them. That's like there's a bit in my book that I had to write. My brother went by the nickname Shagger for a long time. Oh yeah. And he had some sort of exploits that I was so uncomfortable. I had to dance around it in print. Not slightly because I wanted to preserve his reputation a bit, but mainly just because I get so knotted up and any sort of. Do you have the book of fuck? I have the book of fuck. Where is the book? Is that? Did I miss that? How, I'm a bad, I don't know. I think detective. It might have been one of those ones that she maybe get rid of when we moved house because apparently books are too heavy to carry anywhere and nobody carries books anywhere and nobody moves house with books because they're Kindles. This is an ongoing conversation we have. Stuart, Stuart, if it was up to him, would live in a featureless white cube. Yes, yes, yes. In the middle of nowhere, 
On the subject of um, delicious things and eating, this is not a book that I can object to in legal terms, but I'm fascinated by it and I have many questions. Here we have Coolio, the ghetto gourmet, um, the author of Cooking with Coolio. I was given that as a gift by Robin's best friend two Christmases ago. Yes. I failed to cook a single thing from it because it's all called like things like motherfucking lasagna. (laughs) (laughs) It's just just basic recipes with swear words as far as I can tell. I've also found here this beautiful book. um, The Moomin's Cookbook. Yes, I got that. I'm I'm a big Moomin fan. I'm a big Tave Jansen fan. I I went to the launch of this book. Wow. Um, In Finland. No, no, in, uh, in Clerkenwell. <laughs> <laughs> they were serving blue vodka and uh, uh, some people dressed up as Moomins were hosting it. There is a recipe in there for toast. <laughs> so I don't... I, some of it's good, some of it's porridge, which is literally just make some porridge. Oh, really? Yeah. Like special. Is that what they don't have ingredients? It just says, make some porridge. I think, I think there are three ingredients. And then in the Coolio one, it says, make some porridge, motherfucker. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah. We do have a lot of cookbooks. Yeah, we? I think we may have some. Not you use the Paul Hollywood. Yeah, Paul Hollywood cook wrote baking. a bread book, which is very, very good, uh, and he used that a lot. You're not friends anymore, are you? He unfollowed me. <gasps> we were pals. I was like the first person ever to write anything nice about him in the world. Uh, when it moved to Channel Four, I was just mean to him. For, I thought for lols, <laughs> and then he unfollowed me, oh. which is fine. I don't expect I would have done the same thing. Actually, you made Paul Hollywood sad. He did. He was at a country fair with the Predator, and if you What's search that? on Twitter, the Predator, the the monster from the film. <laughs> What? And there are film, there are photographs of him posing with the predator, and photographs of him doing tug of war with the predator, <laughs> and it's amazing. And every time he'd be on that Bake Off, I'd be like, Ah, everyone, look at this picture. Um, and he eventually unfollowed me. <laughs> I meant to ask, um, going back to Harry Potter, which I know we've just talked about. Uh, which books are you really excited about reading to Ned and Harvey? And which books will they not be allowed to get near? Oh, I don't know. I really enjoying. I read him the bedtime stories at night, and we've just got a huge amount, haven't we? We have m- many more books that we have as adults. Yeah, such a ton of so many. picture books. There's a there's at the moment we're reading Sarah and Duck the CBeebies uh, show has got a Sarah and Duck books, so he makes me read three of those in the same sitting which what, I like what are you like. looking forward to him reading then I have like five million childhood favourites so I, I know and you try when he was like six months old you're like I will now read you this dense novel about fairies <laughs> <laughs> and you sat him down and you got like, a paragraph in three and he would do no, more voices and... he was no he was eight days old oh, Jesus Christ <laughs> I was reading uh, there's a book called The Children of Green No by Lucy M. Boston oh, I think I know that it's a beautiful book it's a bit of a sort of box of delights type story and I was like Toby got off the train and onto the platform (laughs) (laughs) he just went (laughs) this kid is a philistine (laughs) all of the Narnia books even the really the really Christian ones um I actually wanted to name him after a character in the Narnia books, didn't I? As Aslan. Thomas <laughs> <laughs> Heritage. No, Diggory, which is apparently... Oh, absolutely. Name. No, we're not calling any Diggory. Diggory, two Gs, Stuart. Do you know what's a really good book? It's not out yet. Lucy Mangan's got a book called Bookworm, I think. And it's literally, it's a book of all oh, yeah. the books she read as a kid. And it's lovely. Oh. It's really good. 
I did spot that on yeah. your bookcase actually, and I felt very envious and covetous. So <laughs> maybe I will. Um, if you want to pay me some hush money for my book inspector work, maybe I will liberate that. Yeah, you can. It's really good, and also the like the first three chapters of books that I'm reading to Herbie. Oh, so really? there's like the tiger who came to tea, and uh, Dr. Seuss books, and. Yeah, it's interesting. She she appears to be terrified by the world, though. Any anything where any any books where anything exciting happens, she's like, "This was not for me. I do not like tigers who come for tea." <laughs> I do often think that about the books I love, and how often I really, really wish I could read about these lovely characters with no peril. Like my mm. fantasy is a, um, a Poirot book that's called Poirot's Cozy Day, and he does <laughs> no crime solving. There are no murders. He just has a tisane and he does a crossword. It's all oh, the little grey cells are really working hard. He's just pottering about his lovely flat in Marlebone or you know somewhere. <laughs> As I wanted to ask, with um, childhood favourites and things you're going to share with your children, were you big readers? As kids, and were there any books that you had to sneak out of the library or hide under the bed, or books that you read and enjoyed but you didn't want anyone to know you were reading? I don't think so. I was very Roald Dahl and then Terry Pratchett. That's the two things I went to. Uh, but I don't think I was anything my parents were. I used to be a paper boy and used to steal, like, the star <laughs> from the shop and then just look at the pictures when I was a pubescent boy. Really? Yeah. I felt Aww. bad because that's essentially it's shoplifting. I was, taking, I was taking food from the plates of my employers. You were a felon. I read everything. I read everything that came my way. I used to sit... I was an Enid Blyton child. So not only I read Enid Blyton, but I was like a child out of Enid Blyton. I would sit in the crook of a tree. You made her really funny. No, I used to sit in the, the tree at the end of our garden, which had a stream at the bottom of it, and I used to read books there. And it was brilliant. The two things that I did read that weren't looked upon well by my parents one was I went through a Judy Bloom phase which I think we all did I was at boarding school so I got away with a lot of it they were passed uh-huh. around we also passed around the flowers in the attic series. oh my god Virginia Andrews I yes. love those books yes I but, but hate them have you ever tried to read one as an adult no. not for a while it's they are problematic so I think is the modern word for them very adjectival she doesn't walk nobody walks down a staircase without describing something every step of the way it's very annoying and Judy Bloom my mum found a copy of I can't remember which novel it was but it was about a boy watching a girl get changed through his binoculars I think that might be then again maybe I won't yes and my mother said this is filth but one thing I used to read which isn't strictly a book it's a it was a comic from the 70s called Misty Yes, the the spooky one. Yes, well, I think this is where my love of everything spooky came from. But they all, every misty heroine had amazing eyeliner and like incredibly bouffant seventies yeah, hair, billowing. Yes, um, and I remember I found a copy of the Doctor Surgery when I was seven, and I I took it home because I was so into the story. And it was about a girl who had woken up after a terrible accident. And she couldn't remember anything, uh, but her parents were weird and cold and distant. And I, I was so into the story that I sent off for the rest of them. Again, I was seven, so there were lots of spooky things, like uh, uh, things happened in the story, like a woman, uh, she went to a fortune teller, and the fortune tellers looked at her palm and said, oh, but your lifeline is over. <gasps> and uh, and, and oh, what else happened? The... She ran into a, uh, an old lady in the street who fainted. And she said, you are the spitting image of my dead granddaughter. And I remember I was seven. Right at the end, it turns out that she had been pieced together from 
graves. <gasps> oh, wow. And her parents weren't her parents. They were scientists. And uh, <laughs> I think I read it and I screamed. And my mother came up and went, have you been reading this? And I found <laughs> these piles of comics under my... I was like, no, I don't know how they got there. So how do you send off for something? It's a child. My grandmother helped me. Ah. Like, if I caught her reading some of this, I don't think I'd be that happy about it. i stuff. even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. We'll be back to the books in a bit, but I'd like to talk about my steal of the week. A book so brilliant that it's worth its weight in diamonds. And buying it for the cover price alone is a bit like breaking the law. My choice this week is the journalist Christina Patterson's memoir, The Art of Not Falling Apart, which is published by Atlantic Books. Christina was a journalist at The Independent and was fired after years of being one of their lead writers and one of their most high-profile columnists. Christina has survived serious family issues and illnesses, her own breast cancer and all kinds of you know drama and difficulties that life throws you away. But she said that losing her job was the hardest hurdle she's ever faced. And this is a book about identity and rebuilding it. And throughout the book, she interviews so many people and uncovers so many amazing spellbinding stories about how people have faced some of their biggest challenges and how you never really know what's going on in anyone's life until you scratch the surface. Christina writes with so much warmth and humour. She's a really, really intelligent, thoughtful writer and again, her words are incredibly moving. I think this book is its what I'd give to anyone if they were going through any sort of personal difficulty. The Art of Not Falling Apart is available now from all good bookshops. I can't recommend it highly enough. Now we're going to go back to the interrogation room for some more shocking literary secrets and revelations. So on the subject of crime and bounties and things, I have... Um, Pulled out here, um, Brighton Rock by Graham Greene. Is that your copy of Brighton Rock? I think 
So. We've only I think there's a handful of books that we've both read. That's one of them. Did you both like it? I quite liked it. I read mine in Korea when I went through a stage of like, I'm going to read all the books that I never got around to reading. And I read that and I read 1984 and I got, then I read three pages of Crime and Punishment. I thought, I've got the internet now. I've read lots of halves of books in the yeah. last year. I'm currently working on a book called Coping with Two. So that gives you an idea of where I am. Is that, are you writing it or reading it? <laughs> I'm, 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 well, I'm reading it for tips. Are you getting any tips from it? I don't know. I've got the fly leaf and I quite <laughs> <laughs> Do you both read parenting? I don't. Guides? No, you were well into it when you were pregnant. There was a massive mum's net book that's like three inches thick. <gasps> it's actually really good. Okay. It's from mum's net users. It's like Is it called Am I like Being Unreasonable? <laughs> yeah, no, we didn't. We, the closest we got that we both did together, we got the DVD version of a book called The Happiest Baby oh. on the Block. And it has all these hacks to we, find your baby. Did we smash it? I think we did. <laughs> we either smashed it or we made concrete plans to smash it and then we just didn't have time. But it was terrible. Being a parent is just full of awful advice and no one tells you that it's wrong. But anyway, my main problem with parenting books is that um, it's like tutorial videos where, where you, you Google how to do a smoky eye and then you get the video and it starts... It starts with thanking all of the YouTube comments by name, by username, and then telling you the reasons why she's doing a smoky eye video. And then, like, nothing starts until, like, 20 minutes in. And then she says, what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this brush. That's what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this brush. (laughs) Parenting books are very similar in that they tell you why they're writing the book rather than any useful information about what you might Like, what reasons would you have for doing a smoky eye other than... I wanted one. <laughs> oh, no, they're just like, yesterday I was talking about this in my other video. I don't want to know that. It's like when you look up recipes on food blogs. Yeah. And you have to scroll down like 15 paragraphs of when I was six, I used to go to my aunt's house. I just want to, I'm in a hurry. I need to know how to cook some chicken. When you, when, <laughs> when the internet isn't written entirely by Grandpa Simpson. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like what it is sometimes. Oh, I hate food but blogs. The only reason you buy parenting books is because it's 3am, you've got the Amazon app on your phone and your baby is vomited or isn't sleeping yeah. or something like that. So you buy the book and there's just 500 pages of preamble. And it's not lost to me that I've preambled quite a lot in this segment. Every big parenting book, I know a parent who swears by it. Yeah. I, someone who's, there's Gina Ford, who's a very sort of a stern lady and mm. she's all like, don't hug them ever. Don't look into their eyes. They Never let them you. know you love them. Yeah. Yes. And it's a bit like that. Um, and I know people who swear by that. Yeah. And we've just we've muddled through, haven't we? Yeah. What do you think would happen if Coolio wrote a parenting book? I well, would. Well, he called it motherfucking parenting. <laughs> uh, a lot of it would be about how to sneak marijuana into baby bottles. I'm sure, just Which to make them chill. Maybe the most effective yeah. advice. I would yes. buy it though. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you want to show your Kindle? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, because I've got that Mine, somewhere. Mine's there. Oh, your, I've, um, that I need Kindle to that I have. I've got. I've got Stuart's phone. Oh, that's and my I don't phone. know what you're Oh, it's Robin's phone. <laughs> I'm going to ask as well because I found 1984 and a book called You're Thinking About Donuts. Oh, yeah. Have you ever practiced mind control? Is that what this is? <laughs> no, You're Thinking About Donuts is my favourite book that I read as a kid. It's Michael Rosen. And I in- got to interview him last year for work. So I took the copy in to get him to sign it. So that's why it's around. Oh, that's lovely. Oh. And he's drawn a picture. Oh, oh t- I got him to sign it to Herbie as well. Look at that. 
<laughs> what a good there. Yeah, so that's that's clearly a book that I want him to read. Yeah, well done remembering that. <laughs> and it's it's really good, and it's very 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 similar to Night at the Museum. So similar that he thought he had a lawsuit uh, ah. because it was it was so similar. Um, no, it's but it's a lovely book, and it's really sad. Because all the gradually all the exhibits learn that they're not real and they're just sort of the there's an astronaut and he realizes he's just a plastic model of the astronaut, not the real astronaut. And it's I was eight when I read it, and it broke my heart. Aww. I know. Uh nineteen eighty four less so. <laughs> my Kindle's over there, I don't know. Oh. Ah, what have we got? You've got, got two Kindles. I went through a big Anthony Bourdain phase, which I'm not that <laughs> thrilled about you knowing. Come out. <laughs> that's that's why we're here, that's what it's all about. Very excited to see this is lovely that um Robin has um Stuart's book. Do you? Yeah, oh Robin, Kindle. that's lovely. But you I've got so many copies that unsold. I know, copies but that I, I, just I wanted the Kindle version. Oh. For completeness. Stuart, you said that you were not a fan of the dirty book, but I see a book here called The Sex Lives of Cannibals. What is that? Oh! What is that? Oh! I never read that. Someone told me to get it. How convenient. I know that's Can you about... Can crossed his arms? That's... What's that about? That was... It was a book that was similar to a book that I was talking about. So I went, oh, you should get that. It might be about people who went on holiday. It might be a non-fiction book, I think, about people who went on holiday for a long time on a remote island but I might be making that up I can understand why you buy a, or have a book like a physical book and mm. not read it but that you get a Kindle book yeah I, I have good intentions that just vanish uh, excitingly on Robins I see Fifty Shades of Grey Fifty <laughs> Shades Darker and Fifty Shades Free oh, Robin I had to review them Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I had to review all those uh, copies of the Daily Star when I was watching. <laughs> <laughs> I and I read them. All. I think I didn't read the last one. Wow, I've had to review the trailers. Have you? You haven't seen the films. No, I haven't seen it. Is that a thing? Reviewing trailers. Oh god, it's the best bit because so many people watch trailers and comparatively, much fewer people watch the films. So it's that's my uh, excuse for just laughing and, at bad uh, films. What did you think? Of the trailer. Of the trailer. Really good. Shades of Grey. Really good. 50, which is the second one? Darker. I don't know. That's the best one because he seems to, from what I've been able to glean from the trailer, he interferes with her job at the independent Seattle Press or something. So I should give you a book token, mm. each as a reward for helping with my inquiries, the book inspector. And I'd also get you an uninterrupted 48, 70 hours babysitting. Oh my God. What would you read? What sleep. would you pick? I'd oh, sleep, yeah. Sleep. <laughs> oh, that's an interesting No, you have to read. You right. have to read. Uh, all right, Mum. I've um, got books, yeah, that I've bought and not read. Uh, these, if there's a Marion Keys, I will just read it. I'll just find time. And I don't know where I'll find that time. Woman. Well, she's got a newish book out. I don't know the if you've read The Break. Yes, no, I managed to eat that in a day, in a night, I think. I wow. Up. Yeah. If also I had a TARDIS... I would read all of the next Philip Pullman books in the um, La Belle Sauvage. And now I'm hooked. And now I have to wait another seven, five, seven years, seven hundred years to find out what happens next. This is how all Game of Thrones people feel. No, but those are Game of Thrones books. This is an actual book. You've made so many out. I don't care. I think With Game the, of Thrones the is hardcore cool. fantasy listeners of this podcast. I think it's very poorly written. I We're going written. to get into so much trouble. <laughs> it's it's very well done on the TV. Um, 
someone, one of our friends, Kirsty, made a Facebook post the other day, which was, um, it was an excerpt from Book of Ice and Fire, or Song of Ice and Fire, which was uh, the leaves, the trees rustled like living things. And then after, under that she put, this is my problem with Game of Thrones, trees are living things. <laughs> and it's just filled with that kind of prose, and I, I, I can't read it. So you would like a, a credit for the future Marion Keys or Philip Pullman, whoever yes. yes. does all that. So, lads, Marion and Philip, if you're listening, it's on. The first one of you to publish another book will get Robin's book money. Brilliant. Also, just want to put a vote in for Brett Easton Ellis and Scarlett Thomas. Any of those, uh, they want to write anything new, I'm, 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 I'm in. I have a book that I bought. Right, when I found that when you write a book, everyone else who's writing books at the same time sends you their book. Mm. So I've had, my last year has just been books that I've been sent by people I know or people I've heard of. And some have been really, most of them have been really good. But I bought... I think it's called either Before the Fall or After the Fall by Noah Hawley, the guy who wrote oh, Fargo. Oh, yes. I'm desperate to just find some time to read it. Everyone I've... Everyone I know who's read it says it's amazing and it's a, just a very sort of grippy, well-plotted thriller. The, I had to read the most... One of the most recent books I read, Dolly Alderton sent me a PDF of her book. Everything uh, I Know About Love. Yes, Available uh, from Victory. I had to literally, uh, it was on my phone and I was just, whenever I got a couple of minutes, I just, it was like I was checking Twitter. And that's no way to read a book. You have to mm. put some time away. Well, I reckon you need to do some cooking and childcare with Coolio. Make some delicious marijuana laced baby food. Let nature take its course and then you can get cracking. Why haven't have I cooked anything out of I think your next Simple book is be a parenting book. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a whole. He's got a whole chapter on steak. There's there's what's the beef? There's pork steak. There's uh, it's stew beefy. <laughs> Don't know what's what? the beef. Hand me my burger. That's not a good steak through my heart. I kind of get that one. Unwrinkled beef. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> what is that? Is that is that a penis thing? I don't know. Don't look at me. I don't have one. I may be a forty-six-year-old man, but I got abs like a Mississippi washboard. He didn't write this. He <laughs> might actually. Oh my god! There's I haven't really read. There's a chap called "It's Hard Out There for a Shrimp." <laughs> Immediately, I've changed my mind about this. This is my favourite book. So, if nothing else, this episode of your book has given Stuart Heritage the chance to read a book that he owns <laughs> that I got for Christmas three years ago. Go me. Thanks so much for listening and helping me in my efforts to keep our guests on the straight and narrow and out of Reading Jail. Sorry, Reading Jail. Stuart Heritage's book, Don't Be a Dick Pete, is available now. You can find the Naughty Step podcast on Acast and you can find Robin's column in the pool every Saturday morning. Join me next time for more petty page-based crimes and shelf actualization. Um, if you want to find out more information about the show, go to acars.com slash booked. You can email us at whybooked at gmail.com. You can say hello to me at notrollergirl on Twitter or the Daisy B, that's B as in the insect, on Instagram. If you liked it, please rate the podcast, review it, subscribe and spread the word. This helps others to find the podcast and keeps our bookshops and libraries safe. This episode was produced by Dale Shaw. I'm Daisy Buchanan. Don't have nightmares. Do read well.
Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.